Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Hello and welcome to this week's Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and my wonderful co-host, Kate Roberts. Hello, Kate. Hey, Wynne. How are you doing? I'm okay. Good. I'm okay, yeah. How are you? I'm really well, thanks. <laughs> I have to say, though, I have to say, this is a monumental occurrence for me. I'm wearing a sweater for the first time in, I don't know, feels like two months, maybe three. It's no longer too hot. Mm. And I can relate to places where they say, oh, geez, you wouldn't like it here in the summer. You want to come in the fall and the spring and stuff. And for the first time in, you know, since um, by the time this comes out, I'm probably 52. For the first time in the UK, I can relate to people who live in Madrid, Barcelona, other parts of the world where they say, yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't come here in the summer. It's just too hot. That's a bigger side, because the real reason that we're here today is to welcome and hear from Sam. Hey, Wayne. Um, good to see you. It's wonderful to be here. I'm, I'm a big fan of the show, and um, well, you can hear the train. But, and I, I, um, it's funny, because I wear sweaters all the time, and this whole summer, it's been really hot in Santa Barbara, which it never gets hot. I mean, we, so... Um, yeah. Sam, as someone I know who has listened yes. to us quite a few times, you may be aware that we often ask our guests the question, which is, what would you love people to know about you? I, um, well, I'm a transformational coach and uh, I work with people with ADHD, neurodiverse folks, um, with really noisy brains like myself. And I just um, got over COVID and the fascinating thing about it is I'm not saying I had a great time, you know, it wasn't disco lights, but one of the interesting parts of having COVID, some people have a developed brain fog um, and some people have anxiety and mood swings. I had brain fog and it was a fantastic experience. <laughs> And, and the reason why is I was so quiet. I was, I, you know, even though cognitively it was sometimes difficult to language or, you know, put words together, it was really, really strange, but I loved it because I was present and quiet. I, I can't explain why I don't, you know, scientifically, even I'm not wearing my white lab coat and I couldn't do it if I tried, but it really got me seeing about like, I'm really a, um, a quiet mind enthusiast now, you know, like as a coach, I point clients back to that space where we try our best just to make them see when they're, they're, they're up in the, in the hamster wheel and, and getting quiet so they can see stuff. But with my foggy, with my foggy COVID mind and, and with like me really seeing like, it's okay. I, okay. I can't, I, some, some words are coming at funny and brain fog, 
you know, having difficulty concentrating sometimes, but I'm pretty darn quiet. And it's so awesome. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but, um, but being a coach, it's, it's interesting because I thought having this kind of, it wasn't severe brain fog. And again, I'm not an expert in this. I wouldn't be able to work with clients. I wouldn't be able to do my podcast. I wouldn't be able to be on here. Cause I still have a little bit of it. It's like kind of breakthrough. It's like transient. But it was like, was it wasn't, I don't even know, but was it the brain fog was kind of pointing me back to that space, you know, that, that lovely space that we all love. Uh, or was it, was it that like, because I wasn't able to like put words together very well, you know, I, uh, that maybe the only thing I could do is be quiet. I know that sounds strange, but doesn't sound okay. that strange, but however, I do want to point that in, in my mind, this is just my opinion. I would find it also quite easy to get frustrated at myself if I can't find a word and then I would go faster in my head, not slower. Mm. So to me, what you said is a wonderful example of that's not the only way to live. Yeah. 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 I did initially get frustrated, but it's kind of, I, you know, I, I kind of just started relaxing into not being able to get my words together because it was exhausting trying to fight it, like trying to, you know, people that have aphasia, you know, neurological stuff. Um, I can't imagine what that's like. So, I mean, I'm not saying that it's, it's, it's a good thing, but for me, it was weird because I kind of just pivoted back to like, just like, okay. I'm a talker and I can't talk, <laughs> you know, I, I love talking, but I can't talk. Okay. So I'm just going to be quiet. And, and, and naturally, I mean, we, we get quiet just because we get that started. That's our default state. That's, that's essentially who we are. It's, it was like, I, I just kind of relaxed into it. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would take three quiet mind enthusiasts to be enjoying the silence that we just did. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have been long ago that I'd have been fill the space. <laughs> I would, that voice would be there and it wasn't at once for me anyway. Sam, you mentioned ADHD and neurodiversity. Mm -hmm. What have you seen that's helping you most work with people who come to you with conditions or diagnoses or, mm -hmm. or present symptoms that would be similar to those diagnoses? That's a, that's a wonderful question. When um, being a card carrying member, having ADHD, I don't, there's no, yearly dues, but it comes with an interesting academic for me, writing and communication and history, the other part of the brain, it was very, very strong. So with my clients, um, 
that either have been diagnosed ADHD or even on the spectrum. And listen, it's, you can call it a ham sandwich. It doesn't really matter. It's, um, I call it a ham sandwich a lot and it make, cracks people up because essentially it is, it's this, you know, what we're dealing with quiet mind, busy mind, quiet mind, busy mind, you know, we're, we're, we're doing the, the quiet mind, busy mind, cha-cha. And, and so I always ask them, uh, and it's one of the, one of the typical questions to ask a client is tell me when, or do you remember a time when you're not overstimulated or you don't have impulsive thoughts or you are not at, um, where you're able just to concentrate and you don't know why. Can you take me back to that moment when you just felt like you and you were present and none of the noise was interfering or let me reframe that the noise was there. It's always there. Yeah. So it's a never ending story of noise but you just stopped caring about it for a second or for an hour. You know, it's like, was it Dr. Strangelove? Um, how I love to fall, like how I got to fall in love with the bomb or something. Remember that ending scene um, of the movie, Dr. Strangelove? So it's kind of like you learn to love, fall in love with your noise and, and ADHD, again, everyone's brain's different. You know, brains are as different as the stars in the sky, you know? Not one star is alike, not two, two, not two stars are alike. But what, what I, what people, and I just had a, a client who was a brilliant artist when she was painting and she, she started a business. This is her bread and butter now. She was an ADHD. I mean, yeah, the, there was noise up there, but she didn't have to like own those thoughts. She didn't have to, um, pay no mind to it it was beautiful when she's painting and that just says a lot about like how brilliantly built we are how it we are designed to deal with any kind of noise that's thrown at us even though that's you know some people say well that's easier said than done i've spent a lifetime i'm you know cultivating and, and and categorizing and and um thinking about my noise um, and, and for folks with minds that are going really fast, I don't like the ADHD label. It's a stigma. And I know, you know, there, there are plenty of well-meaning clinicians, including Dr. Bill Pettit, who is wonderful. And he'll tell you the same thing, you know, in many respects, he'll say the same thing that it's, it's, it can be stigmatizing. And for me, it was because, you know, growing up, going to public high school until I got to college, um, I would have to go to another building to take some classes because of um, how my mind worked. You know, I look at ADHD and neurodiversity and I look at my clients with these brilliant technicolor minds that, that are just like so interesting and brilliant and they're empathic, wonderful people. But for most of their whether they're young adults or even middle-aged adults for, for a lot of their life, they've looked at how broken they are mm. or how, how dysfunctional their brain is. I mean, if you type in ADHD into you Google search it, the first thing that comes up is 
dysfunctional prefrontal cortex or there's something that's wrong. I'm actually writing a book that's coming out um, about this is that we were never taught how to use the equipment to work for us, right? You know, it's like a pilot, he goes to all this training, he goes pilot training, he learns the science of flight, right? He learns how to use the, all the switches and all the instruments. And he's learned, he learns about safety and, and he goes 5,000 hours. Well, how many thousands of hours of pilot training? I'm not a pilot, but I love, I love flying. Well, with, with someone with a very high speed, technicolor, high performance brain, I compare it to like an F1 race car, you know, you would not put regular gasoline in like, say a NASCAR. You'd put different kind of gasoline in a Honda. You wouldn't, you wouldn't put the same tires on a Honda that you would put on a, an F1 race car, right? The same thing with a nerd, with a, a brain like mine that works just a little bit faster, works a little bit differently. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. I mean, we all have different functioning brains. But what came up for me and what consistently comes up with my comes up from my in conversation with my clients is if I only knew how to use my mind to work for me, you know, we, we learn how to memorize in school. We learn how to do equations. We learn a language, maybe. We learn history, you know. And in this country, we learn about the constitution, then we might learn about chemistry and that's memorization. We, we were not, we don't go, there's no flight training for our brain. Like we're not, we don't learn how to use our instruments. Yeah. You know, I think this understanding that, that we're sharing with our clients is exactly what, but it's, it's flight training for our brain. You know, it's, so what in particular then for anybody listening, have you learned about the brain that you've seen for yourself that's really helped you? That I don't need to, I, 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 can, I can view thought as like the salad bar. Like I can look at thoughts like I'm going to, I don't know if you've been to Vegas, going to like the Bellagio, going to a big hotel and there's like, then their buffets, like, I mean, we have this thought salad bar. Like you can, when you go to a hotel in Vegas, most of us don't get 10 pieces of chocolate cake and 15 pieces of steak. You know, we have a, discernment but the beautiful thing about all that is that you can choose to have one piece of asparagus if you want you know if you like american cheese on your cheeseburger at the buffet great you can choose rye bread you can choose sauteed onions you can go to town we can do the same thing with our with our speedy noisy brains and sometimes we we you want to have three pieces of chocolate cake and that's okay too. You can't get it wrong. I think that we, we really look at our, our, this minor diverse mind as an example. I spend a lot of time trying to figure out what's wrong with me. Mm. Therapy. I mean, they should put a salad bar in my, my psychologist's office when growing up because I spent so much time there trying to figure out what's, you know, sharing my, you know, what's wrong, crying it out. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
but when I, when I started to see for myself that I'm not broken, that, that I graduated college. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a straight A student. I enjoyed college had some great professors that we, we can still have a successful life with, with, with its lumps, with its, with its adversity sometimes, but most importantly, have a, a quieter, more peaceful life. If we see like the gifts that we have and like how, how amazing it is, like, like it's all there for us. Like we have this brilliant system that does all this amazing stuff. Our brain's brilliant. It's like, it's doing all these different things at once. It's, it's keeping us alive. And then we, we have consciousness and like, we are never, we, I, I never knew like how amazing, you know, the design of our brain is so amazing. It's just, it's, there are no words for it. Like we can create music, we can build a car, we can write, you know, write literature. We can, we can do science. We can do, it's, it's remarkable. And then it heals stuff, does all kinds of stuff on its own. Like you, know, you get a cut and it heals on its own. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to talk to my pancreas and tell, you know, to do a better job. <laughs> you know, my large intestine is doing a great job um, without me being, you know, constantly focusing on my, I don't have to focus on my, my large intestine. It's fantastic. Um, but I guess, and then I, you know, we can't go back to the past, but I, for me, when I see clients struggling, especially young adults out of college, For them, I think the greatest challenge for them is just knowing that, like, where they are right now with everything going on in their life and their challenges. And some of them have a lot of, you know, outside challenges. You still can have not everything perfect going on. You still could have lots of things, problems in your outside life and still be pretty darn happy. That took a long time. For me, that took a long time to kind of say, oh, yeah, I can, you know, still have problems. I still have a great life. And then have my moments too. And like, you know, I lose, I lose my, you know, I lose my sanity for a second. But just knowing that I'll be back hopefully soon, you know. And that's when I started, like, I want to make t shirts, you know, quiet mind enthusiasts, because it's like, Oh my God, it's so much, it's just amazing. It's like, it's like a day at a beach sometimes. Like, like I woke up this morning and like, again, I had a little bit of brain fog like still. And then some anxiety crept up because I guess, you know, I have a long day and I'm still not feeling hundred percent. And, um, I'm putting, putting new, putting new floors in, in my place and like all this chaos is in my head and like, uh, and we all experienced that. And, and, and then all of a sudden, and I'm looking at all this thought, all this noise, all this, it's like a ticker tape, you know, it's like the stock market. And I'm like looking, I'm like, like looking at it, it's above me. And I'm like, wait a second, that's up there. And I'm here, right here, present. And I started getting quiet again for no reason. 
So let's see if I get that then. One way of saying the last thing you just said was that you are, you realize that you are not your ticker tape. And the ticker tape can do what ticker tape does, but yeah. you can still be here. Yeah. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, um, during moments in my life when there was a lot of stress, and I, I keep thinking about this, and I'm putting this in my book, we had a huge wildfire. I don't know if I shared this with you when, when we spoke months back. We had a big wildfire about five and a half months ago. And, and the whole, all Santa Barbara, the whole area was basically on fire in the mountain, the hills, all the way down to into the LA area, Ohio, Ventura. And um, you couldn't breathe. Like you couldn't even see the sun. The sun was blocked out while the soot and the smoke, <clears throat> you could see the fire. And in any moment, the wind could shift and there's, there goes the ball game. And people were freaking out for obvious reasons. But I was calm. And I couldn't tell you why. And, and it was so, it was, it was bizarre. A friend of mine picked me up and thank God we got out of the area. The town didn't burn down, thankfully. A lot of other places did. But it, it goes to show you that our outside forest fire has nothing to do with our current state of mind. Um, and the capacity to have complete peace amidst a forest fire. And, and I've had, you know, the, the metaphor is like, before I was introduced to this understanding, the forest fire of thought going on in my head, it was, it was like towering inferno of, of heavy, noisy, like, you know, doom and gloom thoughts and truth of thought. I mean, call whatever, whatever you want. I mean, it's, it was, <sighs> It, it was like a like an apocalypse now, um, you know, redux. And and when when I kind of like saw, oh okay, there there's a possibility for quiet there. In fact, it's not only possible, it is. And all my life, just like you and Kate, we see this all the time. We see that that space, and it's just like, oh yeah. I want to spend more time there. Mm. I want to be like the sweet spot in the tennis jacket right there. Sam, my daughter is um, 16 now. And she got diagnosed with ADHD when she was, I don't know, maybe first grade. Oh, well. And, uh, you know, and I, as a parent, I don't have any experience myself with that. You know, busy mind, yes. <laughs> the I guess the average busy mind, maybe more busy than average. But, you know, as a parent, I can do certain things like make sure she has, you know, accommodations at school and that she's getting what she needs there and um, we used to wake up <laughs> at like, or I used to wake up at like three thirty, so that we would get an hour in the morning for homework because once she got home, 
she had nothing to give. Like there was so much, you know. But I honestly think that one of the best things about being her parent was to watch her own wisdom meet her mm-hmm. wherever she was at any given moment. And she, by herself, not, I did not do this. She figured out these ways as she got older Mm. to find that quiet. And I don't think she would have any problem with me sharing this, but I noticed years ago that she would pace in a room. She'd find this one little piece of space with all of her junk everywhere, right? And I would watch her shadow from underneath the door and she's just back and forth, back and forth. So she sticks on her headphones and she paces. And for whatever reason, for her, that just, that brings a quiet, a quieter space for her. I don't know how that works for her. I just trust that it does. And she has figured out this way of knowing when that is the time and like, I'll just be hanging out with her. And she's like, I got a pace. <laughs> she's off, right? She just knows. And her room, we call it the crypt because it's so dark in there. Like, and she, she'll just stay in there, right? But she, it's like her way of turning off one of those, like with all of her, like, She's like overloaded with sensory information. And so the dark helps her like drop in or at least take some of the noise out, right? And it's just been really like amazing just to be a witness to her wisdom, finding ways for her that leads her to her quiet. So I love what you're saying and the possibility for quiet. I love that. And thank you for sharing um, your daughter's experience. It's so funny. I'm having deja vu because that's what I do. Really? So I'm going to tell you a funny story briefly. Um, I have a client, mid-40s, lovely person, lovely, like super wicked smart as Poppy George Pransky would say, wicked smart, come from Boston, um, who um, paces. And I, that's what I do. Um, when I'm trying to think of ideas, I'm pacing. Um, when I first shot out of college, was in um, farm sales and marketing. So I did inbound sales, you know, first job. This is before we had Bluetooth, I'm aging myself. Um, so we had the long, long cord with the, you know, with the headset. So after like we were doing cold calls, calling pharmacists, I was in, um, this was, a, a skincare company and this, this 22 year old kid who couldn't sit still for, you know, for the life of me, um, you know, I'm tapping my foot. I'm like, oh my God, you know? And so after like 45 minutes, get up and I, I went to radio when radio shack was a thing um 
you don't have radio. I don't think you have radio. I think you did have it. Yeah, you have radio check in the UK. I bought an extension cord to the headset. I'd get up from my cubicle and literally pace. Initially, you know, I was embarrassed because who's this guy? <laughs> He's pacing back and forth outside his cubicle doing calls. And I'm closing deals. But I, I, you know, if you took a, a video of it, who is this maniac? And I mean that with all love because I know your daughter does this. Um, so my client who does the same thing and she was really embarrassed because she works in an office setting um, and then she works from home too. Um, so I said, you know, let's pace together during, you know, during our, our, our session. So we would be both of us walking back and forth talking because that was her wisdom leading through and we came up you know come up with some amazing insights and just having an amazing session and conversation just from the pacing um and it's funny i just wrote a chapter on pacing um in my book the book's called not broken um and how like what we think is not wisdom like pacing walking like who would and they're you know it's it sounds ludicrous some people like wouldn't even like want to be in the same room with you if you're pacing back and forth. But for me, it was like, I'm going to make this fun. This is just what I know to do to get my brain, you know, back on, you know, unstuck or, or out of the noise because my brain, you know, my brain is, is like, I got two, PV loudspeakers at a concert, like right up here. So before, like I'm sitting in my office here, you know, and the windows open. Before this understanding, I'd always have to have everything shut, blinds down, and like no outside stimuli, right? Because it's so like literally, I would if a pin drop, I would like, what what? It was so distracting. And so painful sometimes the sound, the the the, the auditory um, stimulation. But now, I don't care about it. It's loud. Like my 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 partner, who's also a coach, he's talking in the other room. It's really loud. I don't care. I don't care because it's an opportunity to get present when. I feel overstimulated. And with your daughter, the pacing part is her wisdom coming through saying, oh yeah, that's how I pivot to presence. Mm. That's, how, that's how I get present. Well, you know what came to my mind? The number of, you know, people have got their thing. So I remember stress balls, okay? Where you'd have mm -hmm. this ball that people would squeeze at work and stuff and People would do that. They might listen to classical music. They might listen to hip hop or rock or heavy. I don't know, right? We've all got our thing. What the heck is the difference between any of that and pacing? None. There's nothing different. I've got a thing about having a hot drink before every call. It's my version of pacing. It's no different. I love that you mentioned that because for a lot of folks, they're so embarrassed, so folks that were given this label, mm. especially teenagers, um, because, of, because of who we are, 
versus this label given to us. It's, it's so foreign. It's like an alien came down from another planet and like you're going about your day, you know, you have your struggles, you know, you have your whatever, your quirks, you know, with your, whether you're a kid or you're an adult, you're living life. And, and somebody comes from, it's like coming from another planet and just like lands there and just says, okay, you're ADHD. This is your diagnosis. And then especially kids and like, what, what do you mean? You know, later on, you know, we know later that it's a CPT code, you know, insurance and all that stuff. But I also think ADHD is wonderful, a wonderful gift, the label, because it allows us to see that regardless of whatever a label is, it doesn't change who we are ever. Mm. It doesn't, that's, that's a, you know, that's, that's nothing that like stardust is, 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 is made up as this is the bottle. We call this a bottle. Yeah. And I, I, when we point to, especially when I work with clients, when I point to the fact that like, you don't realize how blessed you are to have a brain like that. really fast moving, you know, high performance brain that you're learning how to use that you'll never be a hundred percent perfect at it using your brain to work for you. But when it works, holy cow, when someone with a speedy technicolor mind works, when everything's working as it should, wow, watch out. You know, the perfect example of you know, some of the most brilliant inventors and writers and musicians, um, politicians have this thing, this label called ADHD. I mean, some of the greatest artists have, you know, bipolar disorder or have, again, whatever you want to label it. What, what really is, what I have, what really makes me sad sometimes is when when you see someone like a client that spent so many, so much time really suffering and they're still suffering and you really see their light you see what they're capable of but just like the pilot that needs the the pilot training that the thousands of hours or how many hours it is of flight and flight training all they need is a little bit of in-flight training to learn how to use their mind to work for them and not against them. But like anything else, like if you didn't have training, I mean, most people, you know, when we were kids, when we were little kids, when we re-ride a bike for the first time, we have training wheels, I mean, unless you're just, yeah. you know, one of those people can ride a bike without training wheels for the first time. I know I need the training wheels. And then you take the training wheels off and it's amazing. And that's where I, I kind of, it's really disheartening for me to see that sometimes like people, they're struggling with a mind. They just don't know how to, to use because they weren't given the, the proper flight training, brain training. I mean, it, it's, it's so amazing what we can do if, if we're just pointed back to like 
what's possible when when we have just a little bit of understanding about how our mind works. Which includes not taking everything from the salad bar. That's exactly right. Being able to let that go in the same way as the pin falling outside is, I don't have to pay attention to every single thing I've ever thought. Yeah. And in, in working with people with neurodiverse, then that fact alone is for them to remember that they've not always acted on or listened to every single thought that they've had, and that makes them the same as everyone. It's really reassuring. I've, I've not found anyone yet that's seen the truth of that and then not been like, wait, that is true. I do not have to have three pieces of chocolate cake, even if it goes by underneath my neck. <laughs> Struggle's real, though, when struggles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we had tiramisu you know, yesterday, like our favorite restaurant in, in San Francisco, and I could have eaten 10 pieces of it. Oh, my God, forget about it. Divine. <laughs> It's, I look at everything as an opportunity to pivot to presence. I know that sounds like so, so cheesy. Um, but it's, it's, it's so easy. It's, so let me reframe that. It's so natural. Right. And, and with, you know, Kate, with your daughter, when she's pacing, you know, her wisdom saying, this is the natural thing for, for you to do. Right. It's like, a, you know, if you look at a conductor in a symphony, like they're, you know, they're moving their hands, obviously, but they're doing all kinds of interesting movements. I mean, I think it's human beings, we need to move, you know, we, 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 we got to keep on moving, you know, like that soul to soul song, it's, you know, <laughs> easy song, but it's true. Yeah. You know, we got to keep on moving. Because that's not the, a cheesy song. That was a great song. Look it's not 48. And you, you know. <laughs> um, so like who's to, who who is telling us that we need to sit in a cute like that we we are conditioned to sit in a cubicle, sit in a classroom, ask for a bathroom pass, you know, growing up. And even even out of school, you know, our conditioning dictates that, you know, we we have to do things a certain way. We have to, and and for folks that are neurodiverse, and again, that can mean a lot to, yeah, you know, a, a lot of different things to many people. It's it's a kind of a broad term. Um. Fortunately, the, the negative connotation associated with it, you know, originally neurodiversity was um, basically people that are don't have atypical quote unquote behaviors and whatever that is, obviously you don't hurt anybody, you know, you don't want to rob anybody, you don't want to kill anybody, but, um, but atypical behaviors. Yeah. You know, someone who's, you know, not on the spectrum or someone who doesn't have ADHD. And now we're seeing is that, well, there's like 180 million folks out there and more with neurodiverse minds. It's like, we can start our own country. I mean, or more that we know, there's probably more. Um, as I, I saw, there was a researcher out there, uh, I think it was a psychiatrist who did a study, he's like, and his conclusions were that almost 75% of 
of people in this in, in the United States have some form of ADHD. Well, yeah, because we like to move around. We, we, we're not sedentary creatures. We need to keep moving. Um, the percentage again, sir? 75% of, of Americans in some capacity of ADHD. Well, that just shows how nonsensical. Something that is, quote, different is more common than what isn't different. Something's wrong there, statistically, right? 100%. So I, I go ahead. You're saying something. Um, we were, I've been doing these webinars recently on, 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 driving anxiety and it's, you know, it's a Venn diagram. It's, it's, it's anxiety, intrusive thoughts. And I'm fascinated by it because I have driving anxiety, um, busy mind. And one of the participants, you know, what if I never able to drive on the freeway again? You know, what if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, that, that's, that's what I'm, that that's going to be my forever. And I said to him, well, maybe that's your wisdom. I don't know. But you'll be find other ways to drive and other roads to drive. And who says that's wrong? You'll figure it out. At that, at that time, you'll figure it out. You don't figure it out right now. Um, we had another participant that had AD or had diagnosed ADHD and anxiety disorder and couple other things and they couldn't make a left couldn't make left turns without like having a panic attack and it was very real to them mm. that turns anywhere even in their residential street and they don't even know why they're just like like before i would drive everywhere and there was no triggering event it just one day just had a lot of thinking around making a left turn and one day, it was interesting, she was telling me that she got into a fight with her partner or husband, and she was able to make a left turn. <laughs> so, so it's like, you, it, we, we, it's, it's the degree of, of, of noisy thinking that we have, you know, the noise shifts, changes, you know, it's like an amoeba. <laughs> it molds into other types of noise. She was able to make a left turn because she didn't have you know, left turn anxiety thinking. She had, I hate my partner thinking, <laughs> you know, so you can make a left turn. Um, and that's like the wonderment of it all. Like, mm. that's why I'm a quiet, you know, a quiet mind enthusiast, or I'm just a, a mind enthusiast because it's so interesting on so many levels. Like, you know, one day you're, you're having terrible anxiety, making left turns. And then the next day you're making, you know, you're fine. Um, but that there's where the freedom is like, and, and also how, how good it feels just to know once you start trusting yourself, like you'll know, know what to do when you need to make a left turn. Maybe you'll make a U-turn instead. <laughs> I don't know, but know what to do. It's so true. You know, it's amazing when I think we realize that no matter what, you know, diagnosis or labels, 
Uh, even the ones that we give ourselves, you know, about who we are. You know, wisdom calls us all the same. It's always calling, it never stops and will meet us no matter what label we have. I love that. I love that we, three of us can come together and really not have a plan of what we're going to talk about. And then we just know. Exhibit A, right? Like, you know, I think when you've mentioned before, you know, you work with corporate companies and you, you do group facilitations and, and the corporate world. Like, and it, you mentioned that, like, you do your most brilliant, like, you have your most brilliant insights with your corporate clients. Like, you're not thinking about three, a, a three-point plan. You're not like, you're not thinking about what you need. You just, it just comes to you. And you're no, you're no good to them when you've, yeah. you're trying to find those answers up in the cloud, the cloud, like the Apple cloud, the iCloud of gobbledygook up here. Like, that's really cool. And I thought for most of my life, like that the iCloud is where figure it out and that's why this understanding like it's a game changer mm-hmm. it's like i think when you and i talked about the dolphins it's like it's the 72 dolphins when you're like you when you have an insight when you're like it's like all your favorite players are on the field like mm-hmm. you know you got a young don Shula coaching like i'm a dolphins fan obviously okay you can figure that out never give up on the dolphins um even if they suck. Uh, but that's what it's like. And, and for folks whose brain synapses just a little differently, sometimes, sometimes it's just ordinary. Actually, a lot of times it's ordinary. Um, the gift in that is now I know that Every time I am really caught up, it's really loud. Some days, like this this morning, was really loud. Um, random moments are really, especially the, the intrusive thoughts, which is flying through you. And they're like, they're like in pink neon thoughts, you know, like they're just technicolor thought. Like, and and they, and you could be at the gym or, or with a client or driving on the free and driving. That's why the driving part was difficult. Is, is still difficult for me sometimes. Um, it's like, the, it's, it, it's the ultimate kind of litmus. It's, it's telling you kid, you're looking at it from the wrong, you're looking at the noise as something that means something. You just gotta like get present, mm-hmm. you know? Some I heard someone say, you know, the greater the the, the greater the noise, the, the bigger the illusion. The, the, yeah, you know. that's, that's true in my experience. Yeah. And just one thing on the Miami Dolphins this year. But their new head coach is adored as a character because of how different Mike McDaniel is compared to everyone else. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You listen huh. to him at a press conference. Okay, it's before the start of the 2022 season, so who knows how it's going to play out, but they love him because he's himself. Mm. Not giving the political answer, 
And that's one reason why he got the job in my mind anyway, is because of how different he is. Uh, how himself he is, I'm going to say it that way. Yeah. So thanks for sharing everything, Sam. It's been really cool. Very cool. Thanks, Sam, for being here. Thanks, thanks for having me. You've been listening to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts, and I'm here with Wynn Morgan, my co-host, and today we had Sam Lev. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or suggestions for topics, please reach out. Our information follows the podcast. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.